Well, I grew up with two women in my life who were strong role models in the area of prayer. One I've shared with y'all several years ago, but one was my grandmother, my dad's mom. And Mama lived in a little house to in our backyard. And when she was in her 80s, she could not really see very good, and she couldn't hear. She was hard of hearing. And we, she had her little house, and I grew up in the age where you didn't have air conditioning in your houses yet. And so we had fans that we put on the floor or in the windows to keep the house cool. I know some of you young ones can't even imagine that, but uh, that tells you how old I am. But Mama would, she was such a godly example. And she would, um, oh, that's right, paper. I forgot about that. <laughs> but uh, Mama would, would have me, she wanted to memorize scripture. And this is in her late 80s. She wanted to memorize scripture, but she couldn't see the Bible. And so she would have me get poster boards and write in very big writing the verses. And she would sit there and I'd line them up and she'd memorize scripture and say them out loud. And at night, she would go to bed early, she would eat, and she'd be in bed by 6 7 o'clock. And because there was no air conditioning, her, she left her bedroom window open. And I would go and I would sit under her window early evening, and I would just lean my back against the wall of the house, and I would listen to Mama lying in her bed, talking in a very loud voice to God because she couldn't hear her. And so I would sit there and listen to my grandmother praying. And it was so moving, and I can remember sitting there and thinking, God, I want to talk to you the way Mama does. Because she wasn't just praying. I mean, she was really deepening her relationship with God. Another role model was my mom, who uh, I remember after my dad died and she was living by herself, our bedrooms were next to each other, and I would walk by sometimes at night, and I would hear her lying in bed praying. And there were times that she would even say, man, I was so tired last night. I fell asleep before I finished talking to God. But I just remember thinking of these two women and the model, the role models they were for me in prayer because they didn't just pray. They really were meeting with God. And I would guess, and I would hope, that every one of us in this room prays. In some way, at some time, that every one of us pray. But the question that I want you to consider this week and this fall as we study these prayers is, ask yourself, is my prayer life a ritual or a relationship? When I pray, is it a routine that I mechanically go through? Or is it about the relationship? And how do we make our prayer lives about the relationship and not just something we do to check it off our to-do list? Well, this morning, uh, I'm going to give an overview. We don't have a lesson this week, so I'm not going to be teaching from a specific passage. 
But I want to give an overview of prayer, and some of this you're probably familiar with, but it's just a good way to kind of look at prayer from a bigger picture, and then we're going to dive in next week. And so what I want to do this morning to help us make our prayer lives about the relationship and not a ritual, I want to address three areas that will help us do that. And we're going to look at the purpose of prayer. We're going to look at the hindrances to prayer, and we're going to look at the impact of prayer in our lives. So we're going to start with the purpose of prayer. We need to understand the purpose of prayer if we're going to see it to be about the relationship and not a ritual. So why do you pray? I want you to think about that. Why do you pray? Is it because you feel it's a duty, an obligation? Well, I have to. I'm a Christian. And the Bible says I need to pray. So I do it because I have to. Is, is, and is the purpose of prayer to fulfill an obligation? No, that's not the purpose of prayer. We don't do it so we can check it off our to-do list and move on. Or maybe you pray, you see the purpose of prayer as, well, I pray because I need, I need things. And this is a way for me to get those things that I need or that I want. So I go to God and I pray. That's my purpose for praying, is to get things. But if that is our only purpose, we're missing the relationship. And don't get me wrong here. Yes, we're to go to God and we're to pray. We're going to study that next week. We ask for our daily bread. But if that's all we're doing, is asking for things, we're missing the relationship. So the purpose of of prayer is not just to fulfill an obligation and check it off your to-do list. It's not to get what we want. It's to get to know more of God. The purpose of prayer is to get to know more of God. And if you're approaching God in prayer with that purpose of knowing him more intimately, then your prayer life will naturally be about the relationship. And it won't become mechanical or a routine. And as we look at these prayers over the next eight weeks, we're going to see prayers that are focused on the relationship. Yes, they're going to ask God for things. They're going to make their requests. They're going to ask God to do things. But you'll notice that their prayers are focused on the relationship. And you're going to see how they, as we listen in, you're going to see how their prayers developed out of that deepening relationship with God. I think all of us in this room have probably gone through times when our prayer lives weren't very vibrant. Maybe we just felt dry. We felt like, I'm just going through the motions. I'm talking, I'm praying. And that's exactly where I was when I wrote this study a number of years ago. I was going through the motions of praying because I knew I had to. But life was so busy and I was just rushing around and I had, I had to ask God, how can I revitalize my prayer life? And that's when he led me, look at the prayers of the men and women in the Bible. 
listen in on their prayers and learn from them. And it changed the way I pray. We don't want it to be about just saying prayers, giving our grocery list, but about him and the relationship. Um, How would you feel if I said, Catherine, let's meet over at Panera's for lunch. You're there, and I walk in, and I sit down, and I go, hey, it's great. Listen, I I need you to do this for me, and I need you to do this for me, and you're a little bit late getting back to me on this. I'm still waiting for you to answer me. What have you been doing? And and listen, I'm just really stressed, and oh, you know what? I got to run and meet somebody else. I'll see you. Would that be in a relationship? Did we deepen our relationship? No, we didn't. And yet, how many times is that exactly what we do to God? I've been guilty of it. Well, God, where's that answer to prayer? I've been asking for you this, and I need you to do this and this and this, and God, I'm late, I've got to run. That is not building the relationship. Uh, Paul Miller, many many of you have probably got his book, The Praying Life, which I'm reading through it again for like the third time. But he talks about this in his book. He was speaking at a conference about prayer, and somebody came up to him and, and made the comment that there is really a difference between honestly praying and saying prayers. And I think that's something we need to ask ourselves, too. Am I saying prayers, or am I honestly praying? There is a difference. And so if we want our prayer life to be about the relationship and not a ritual that we go through and check off, we've got to first understand the purpose of prayer. It's not to get what we want, but it's to get to know more of God. Second thing I want to address is the hindrances to prayer. What hinders us from praying? Because we need to remove them. We need to find a way to to get those out of the way. And so let me just share with you four hindrances that I have seen in my own life and in others' lives. There's more, but for time, we're just going to go through four of these. The first one is a lack of discipline. We are so busy today, and I mentioned that in August when I shared at the all-women's event. We are so busy, and we're running around doing, you know, dropping kids off here, picking kids off here, seeing grandkids, going to this job, doing this, doing this, and we're constantly running. And if we don't intentionally make time for prayer, then we're going to miss that relationship. And I know you may be saying, but Cricket, I don't have time to sit down for a concentrated segment of time to pray, but I pray all day long. I pray while I'm changing diapers. I pray while I'm going through the grocery store. I pray while I'm mopping the floor. And we should do that. I think that's exactly what Paul means when he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. I do. I pray when I'm in the shower. I pray when I'm getting ready in the morning. I pray in the car. I pray when I'm walking sometimes to the mailroom from my office. Yes, we need to be praying all day long. But we also need some time alone that we're not 
talking to God, like, hey, God, I'm going to do this and this and this. We need it to be a time that we're focused on him. It's like when you go on a date with your spouse, and you're looking at him face to face, and you're, you're seeing his emotions. And there's not all these other distractions that are dividing your attention. Even if it's 10, 15 minutes, find a time to draw away and just enjoy being with him, giving him your undivided attention. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be this. I know it works differently for different ones of us. For me, the best time for me to do it is when I get up first thing in the morning. And I'm not a morning person. But I know that if I wait and the days that I skip it, like on the weekend, on, on Sunday mornings, I typically do it in the afternoon after church. Because I'm here early on Sundays and I usually just wait until after church. But I have found that even doing it that way, sometimes Sundays get so busy that that time gets pushed aside. But you find what works for you. When I worked in Dallas, and I was driving an hour to Fort Worth every morning to be at the operating room at 6 in the morning, I had to get up at 4.15. Well, that was not going to work for a non-morning person to have. But I would pray in the car driving. But when I got home that night, I would sit down with the, the Word of God and spend time with Him. I don't like doing it at night, but find what works for you. Well, that's the first hindrance, lack of discipline. We're not disciplined to really schedule it. A second hindrance is a lack of belief. We don't pray or we stop praying because we don't believe that God is actually going to answer our prayer. And it may be because you have prayed for something for a long time and God hasn't answered yet, so why bother to keep praying? Obviously, God, you're not going to do this, so I'm just going to quit. Or maybe what you're praying for seems impossible and you don't have the faith to believe that God can do it, so you stop praying. And this is one of the hindrances for me. I have prayed for years for the salvation of people I love. And God hasn't changed their hearts. And I just kind of forget about it after a while and think, well, it's not going to happen. I don't see this person ever changing. So I just stop praying. But that's not what we're, we need to just keep believing and keep praying. If God has put something on your heart to pray for, you keep praying. And you trust him for his answers and how he's going to answer that. A third hindrance is a lack of intimacy with God. We're just not feeling close to him. There seems to be a distance. You feel like your prayers are just hitting the ceiling, and so you just stop praying. It's hard to come to him during those times, but we need to, to do it. And, and it may be because there's sin in our lives that we've not confessed, and it's put a little distance between us. Uh, maybe we're just struggling with something and we're going through something. And there have been times, um, I think I've shared this too, that I would drive home from the nursing home when my mom was there and I would be so distraught over a situation there. 
And I would get in the car and I would say, God, I, I can't talk to you right now. I need some space. And I would just say, I, I cannot. I don't want to pray. I don't want to talk to you. I just need time. Just, just give me space. And then by the time I drive into my garage, I was ready to pray. But sometimes there's that distance that you just, you're upset about something. Maybe God's not working the way, and that would just the situation. I'd watch my mom, and I'd be like, God, why aren't you doing something? And so that's when I'd say, I need space. That's okay. Just don't stay there. Let him pull you back to where you're ready to pray. And then a fourth hindrance is a lack of need. We don't feel the need to pray. Everything's going great. I got it under control. And so we don't pray. It's in those times when circumstances drive us to our knees and we're needy and we just don't know, God, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? That's when we're drawn to pray because we know we can't do life on our own. We need his help. When everything is rosy, you've got the wonderful husband, your kids are just perfect. You've got plenty of money. Why spend time praying? Because you've got it. You've got it. But that is a hindrance that we've got to overcome. We need to be praying when everything is going great. Because it reminds us of just how much we need him. You know, I remember the Sunday after 9-11-2001. I was thinking, was it 11 or 1? 9-11-01. I remember, that, the, I remember the Wednesday night after that. Our church was packed at prayer meeting. The Sunday morning, every church in Dallas had people overflowing, standing outside. Why? Because they had a need, and they knew this need was bigger than what they could handle. And so they needed to go to God. You know, our pride and our self-sufficiency creep in. And our tendency is to think that the only time we need to pray is when something's too big for us to handle on our own. But don't, don't believe that. It's that desperate dependence on God that makes our prayers heartfelt and honest instead of just saying words. Again, back, referring back to Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life, he said, if we think we can do life on our own, we will not take prayer seriously. <clears throat> and he's right. <clears throat> so, Identify those hindrances in your life. What is it that is holding you back from praying in the way that God wants you to? And ask him to help you remove them. So if we want our prayers, our prayer lives to be more about the relationship, not a ritual, we need to understand the purpose, which is to know more of him, to remove the hindrances. And you may have a hindrance that isn't even one I mentioned. But remove it. And then the third thing I want to talk about is that we need to embrace the impact of prayer. And when I say impact, it's the way God works through prayer. Because he does work through prayer. 
And when we see him working, it makes us want to pray more because we can't wait to see how he's going to work the next time. And so I want to share five ways that God works through prayer. And there's many more, but we're limited on time. So I want to just share quickly five ways that I have seen God work through prayer. And the first one is that prayer aligns my will, our will, with his will. We have desires. We have a plan for our life, what we want, what we think is best. And maybe it's something small, even like, God, I really want this house. I want this job. I want my child to be this way or whatever it is. And, and we, we, we pray. And the more time that we spend with God getting to know his heart, the more we begin to shift our thinking to where we're not so focused on what we want, but God, I want what you want. It's good to go to God, share what your desire is, but follow that pattern that we're going to study next week of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane who says, if there's any way to take this cup from me, do it. But if, but if not, your will not mine, be done. And so when we pray, one of the things that God does is that he changes our heart to line it up with him. The more time we spend with him and get to know his heart. I had a situation come up a few weeks ago. Something that I started praying about, it was an opportunity, and I was just praying, oh God, I think this would be such a great opportunity. And I am praying, yes, and every day there for a while, I was like, yes, Lord, please, I'm, I really want you to give me this. And then the more I prayed and the more I spent time with him, he started putting questions in my mind. Well, have you thought about this? If I give you this, I mean, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And I found after about a week of praying, oh, Lord, I really am going to be disappointed if you say no. I began to say, God, I don't know what I want anymore. And so I'm just going to leave it up to you. And if you say yes, I will celebrate. But if you say no, I'm going to celebrate because I know it's your will. And I don't want something that God doesn't want for me. Do you? I hope not. And so the more we spend time with him, he really changes us in the way we pray to where we're prepared for his answer. And I, I still don't have an answer. But I'm at the point of, I am really neutral. I can be happy both ways. But I, wasn't, I didn't start out that way. So he aligns our will with his will. A second way that God works through prayer is that prayer keeps us dependent on God. And we touched on this as I talked about the hindrance when we don't have a need or we don't feel needy. But God works in us. As, as we pray, it keeps us dependent on him. Because when we're feeling self-sufficient, we don't tend to feel that need to go to him. But by coming to him in prayer, even when everything is going great, we're acknowledging, God, I still need you. I've, I'm not sufficient. God, I, 
I know that everything you've given me is because you have given it to me. It's not because of what I've done. And so it keeps us with the right attitude of dependency on him. And we're admitting, God, I'm coming to you because I know I need you, even when life is going great. Prayer keeps us in that position of seeking him. Don't let the enemy convince you, you got this, girl. You go. You got this. Instead, cling to that truth. God's got this. He's the one who's got it. He makes us adequate, but he's got it. Don't rely on your own strength. Third, prayer deepens our relationship with him. As we spend time with him, we focus on him. We pull away from that busyness of life I talked about earlier. We enjoy just being alone in his presence. Talking to him like we would a dear friend. Listening to his voice through his word and through the Holy Spirit that prompts us. The more time we spend in prayer, the more we want to get to know the one to whom we're praying. And there have been days that I've been in my time with the Lord that I've said, God, I don't want to go. I know I've got to go to work, but I just want to stay here. And that's my prayer is that we'd all sense that. God, I just want more time with you. But the more we spend with him, the more we want to spend with him. A fourth way God works is that he strengthens us in the hard times. Every one of us is going to go through a hard time. We're going to have challenges, illness, marital issues, health issues, caring for loved ones, financial struggles. The list goes on. And there are going to be those times that we feel like, I cannot go on. I cannot do this one more day. God, I'm ready to just quit, throw in the towel. But God will strengthen us for that moment and for that day when we turn and our attention to him. I remember during the last few years of my mom's life, uh, when she was, I can't remember if it was at the um, assisted living or the nursing home, but I remember we were in the ER again one night. We spent a lot of time at Baptist ER, and they knew us by first name, and we knew them, the doctors and the nurses. We're back. And uh, I remember coming home at 2 o'clock in the morning. I had to be at work the next day, and I was tired. But instead of going and getting in bed, I went into my living room and in my chair. I have a quiet time chair. That's where I meet with God. I just love my chair. And I sat there, and I just started talking to God. God, I can't do this another day. I am worn out. I just can't keep living on this edge of adrenaline, of rushing to the ER, never knowing what's going on. And I can't. I'm just worn out. God, if you don't take Mom home soon... Take me home. I told him that. I was discouraged. I was worn out. Have you ever been? I know. You've been there. 
And so I said, God, I don't know what to do. I need you to strengthen me. And I just opened my Bible. And it just opened to Psalm 59, verses 16 to 17. And you don't have to turn there, and I don't have it on the PowerPoint, but I read these words. But as for me, I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning. For you have been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. O my strength, I will sing praises to you. For God is my stronghold, the God who shows me loving kindness. And I marked that in my Bible and I put the date so I would remember that night. But I started praying through those verses. I just started praying them back to God. God, you are my strength, and I'm going to sing about your strength. You are love. You've, you're loving me, even though it doesn't feel like it. God, you've been my stronghold in the past, and you're going to be my stronghold through this. And so I just started praying back Scripture to him. And then I closed my Bible and went to bed and thought, God, you've got this. I don't, but you do. God will strengthen us if we go to him and allow him to work in that way. The last thing is that prayer allows us to be part of God's work. God is sovereign. He has a perfect plan And we're going to look at a question next week, and I'm not going to talk about it today, but we're going to look at a question next week. Can my prayers change God's will or God's plan? Can my prayers change God's mind? And if not, then why bother to pray if he's going to do what he wants to do? And I'm not going to get into that today. We'll talk about it next week. But let me just say that one statement that our prayers... Allow us to be part of what God is doing. And that is a privilege. So, is your prayer life a relationship? Or is it a ritual? Are you honestly praying? Or are you just saying prayers? Well, if we want it to be a relationship, we need to understand the purpose got to remove the hindrances. We've got to embrace the impact, how God works. And so my prayer for us as we study these prayers over the next eight weeks is that our prayer lives and our relationship with God would deepen to a place that we've not seen before. I'm praying boldly. God, work in us. Move us to a deeper place with you. And that we would meet with him and not just hand him a grocery list and run out the door. Are you ready to draw near to God this semester? I'm going to pray and then uh, I'm going to have Jimmy Lou come up and help me lead us in a song. But I'll pray first, but you can come on up. and um, Father, thank you so much for just the privilege of prayer. Lord, don't ever let us take for granted that we don't have to go through what they went through in the Old Testament tabernacle to come and meet with you. Lord, I pray that we would come to cherish that time with you, that we'd see you work in ways that 
we never dreamed of. Lord, always keep us mindful that we need you, that we don't have it on our own. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.